All right, welcome to the Narrow Way podcast with Micah and Royce, where we discuss modern conservative ideas, self-improvement, applied philosophy, faith, technology, and much more. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Wonderful, wonderful. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. So the topic of today, uh, time management. Time management. Time management. Are you a good time manager? Ooh, that's a good question. What is a good time manager? I mean... Uh, that's a good question too. Um, I think for me, uh, a main proponent of time management, we've talked about a little bit about this before, but just, um, finding out what your priorities are, because if you're not spending your time where your priorities are, then something's wrong. And so making sure that you've properly adjusted your time to make sure that the things that are most important to you are getting a sufficient amount of time, which doesn't necessarily mean the most time. It can, it can mean less time, but the quality of time is important and the amount of energy you have when spending that time with people is also very important. So is concept, is time a concept? Time. What, what is, let's start off with definitions here. What is time? Well, we've been taught 60 seconds, one minute. Well, okay. That's how we measure time. (laughs) Okay. What is time? Yes. Yes. Deeper. Okay. Okay. So I think, uh, time as a concept, uh, was created because we're finite. Yeah. So all of us have a a beginning and all of us have an end. And so because of that, we needed to start out, you know, gauge, okay, how close am I getting to my end? I mean, you can look at somebody and you see a difference, but you really, like between like 65 and 95, like there's some changes, but not, you know, you don't know how old somebody really is, you know, and and so I think that that became a need to understand that. Um, but then it from there stemmed to where we calculate the time all the way down to the second, you know. And I think it's, it kind of became more, okay, well, what's, okay, this, this is one year. Okay, well, now what's, what's, you know, a day versus hours and then all the way down to being able to uh, know how much time has passed. Yeah, it's really a way to segment, segment, well, I can't speak. Um, Segment. Segment, there you go. (laughs) Segment your life span, Mm. right? You can take a lifespan from birth to death and divide it up into, um, you know, standard periods that we call time, whether it be a second, a minute, an hour, a day, a month, a year, so on. And obviously the, the larger ones are dictated. I mean, it all revolves around natural processes, right? A, a year is the amount of time it takes for the earth to go around the sun once. Mm-hmm. Hence, we get the four seasons on that cycle. And then um, a day, of course, is the revolving of the earth, uh, 360 degrees. Now, the month calendar system was is a completely human invention yeah but the the year and the day we've always i mean we've always had those obviously even in the bible the the 
evening and the morning were the first day, mm-hmm. which would be that 360-degree revolution around the sun. Yep. But our entire lives are tied to that. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I think as we, as a, as a species, began to count time, because of, like in Bible times, it was counted as like generations. They didn't really, yeah. they, they had years, but, and they, and they kept track of different, different kind of calendars and things like that. But, but mostly they looked at like generational, uh, if you look at how the Bible was, and that's how we get up, get to how much time passed since Genesis was written to Revelation, you know, and understand that is through understanding, okay, well, it's probably about this amount of time. We don't have a specific time because that's how it was calculated then is, okay, people lived to about this age, this is how many generations went back, and that's how we, we calculate how, how long of a time had passed between that time. In different cultures have, have had and still do have somewhat different ideas of tracking those more macro phases of time. Like you think of a lot of Native peoples use the moon cycle, mm-hmm. which is sort of where we get the month from. Right, it's not a complete correlation, but a lot of, from my understanding, the the month, at least in its original, it goes way back into antiquity. Antiquity, but it, it somewhat stems from the moon phase. But yeah. you see, like the Native Americans would often speak in terms of moon cycles. Um, you have people in the Middle East or in the you know, kind of the the cradle of civilization. I don't know what, what it's usually referred to, basically where everything started. Um, a lot of times they'll speak in terms of you know, harvest and planting season, even if those are different from what we up in the north would consider a harvest and planting season. So, you know, a lot of times it would revolve around agriculture. Of course, the farther north you go, the more extreme the seasons of the year become. So it really locks in, it cements that calendar year, four-season kind of mindset. But then you have more tropical places that are dictated, they, they kind of track time based upon a rainy season and a dry season that aren't correlated. So you see like different areas of the world will track time in the, the macro in different manners. Yeah, almost like event calendar. You know, yeah. like, like, okay, it's starting to do this now. All right, so this is what part of year we're in. And then as opposed to so specific, yeah. yeah. I mean, a day is still a day for everybody, and, sure. and a year is still a year, but everything in between can kind of be, and you see a lot of sustenance cultures and, you know, like really primitive tribes that still exist today. They don't have hours and, and minutes and seconds because they don't have many mechanical devices to really track these things. Yeah, and, and honestly, there's there's not as much of a need either. Right. I mean, because their their society isn't so time based. It's more we're going hunting. Well, how long are you going to be there till we catch something? I mean, or that's, until the sun goes yeah, down. Yeah, until the sun goes down yeah. and it gets dangerous and we come home, or it gets cold and we come home because we got to stay alive, you know. And it's it's very true, and that's interesting how. To the 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 longer we've been keeping track of time, the more we've come up with different terms like century, now millennia, and you know just to as 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 t- we've been 
you know, watching time more closely, it's just like, it seems to, to grow and as a way to reference historical yeah. events or uh, something that happened at a specific time in history, like along this timeline, yeah. the term timeline. And I think now it's interesting because we're in a day and age too, where so much information is available that we, we tend to, I think, um, look back on history and we almost read it like it's fiction as opposed to like something that actually happened uh, and, and something to actually learn from uh, because so often, and you can learn from fiction too. And, you know, I'm not saying that, but it's a lot, it's, at least for me, it's a lot easier to learn from something that I know actually happened. That's where certain events led to a certain outcome. And, and that's a way that, you know, time is an interesting thing because it tends to, you know, not always repeat itself, but tends to rhyme, you know, so you'll see empires rise up and then they get to a certain point and then they crash and fall. And, and we see these, these different empires that have gone, gone through. We mentioned, I think before, like the Roman empire and different, you know, of, of the Babylonian empire. And, and we see throughout history, just these, these empires that have risen up and come down. And, um, you know, I would say we're in a day and time where America is the leader and we're at a point, time periods, you know, specifically where we've been one of the leaders economically for, you know, almost a couple hundred years now. And that's about when they, all these other empires began to fall. And usually it was as a result of overspending, overextending, um, and not, not respecting that, hey, this, this isn't guaranteed to last forever. You know, and so, yeah, it's just a, an interesting part of that to where it's like, hmm, are we going to learn or are we just going to repeat, you know? There's two ways that I put this into perspective. One is, especially in terms of America, really being young in the grand scheme of things. Which is also funny because... Which is also... <laughs> a couple hilarious. hundred years old, but we're yeah, young. I mean, well, when you think about it, Rogan had a, had a, a joke a long time ago that, you know, they wrote all this stuff down in 1770s, somewhere around there, 1780s for the Constitution. That was like three people ago. Yeah. Literally. I think we might have mentioned this before yeah. on a it's different episode, but it's yeah. like, okay, if a person can live to 100 years, which they do, I've, you know, it's, it's totally possible. I've met some people that are, are that old. That means that their parent could have been alive in the same time, you know, their parents could have overlapped with somebody that was around when the country was founded. That's three people, less than three people ago. Yeah, which goes back to what we were talking about in the biblical times of generations. Yeah. You read all those genealogies, and you're like, this is so boring. It's like, no, think about the time that went by with every one of those. Hundreds like, and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just... So that's the one perspective of, and then the other is like, okay, most people only live to 70 years old, roughly, yeah. give or take, you know, a decade. Um, you go, even in light of the youngest earth number, which is right around 6,000 years, it's like the youngest, you know, 
group agreed upon number yeah for the earth that puts you in a really really small sliver yes, of that time like and it puts into perspective the whole life is short mm-hmm. life's fleeting life is but a vapor yeah it's like a dichotomy of these two like wow everything's going by so fast empires have risen and f- risen and fell and you know just a few generations and then well like you said everything rhymes yeah. and you just play this very small part in the whole the whole thing yeah yeah it's it's also interesting cuz it also sometimes it takes forever for a moment to pass like yeah. have you ever been working out done a plank or something and time just slows yeah. down 30 seconds it's feels like, like an eternity it does you know and so it, it's really interesting like i mean i remember growing up you know sitting in church it's like man is this hour ever gonna end of preaching <laughs> you know it's just like time slows way down and it's just like but then you know you're doing something you enjoy and three hours goes by and you're just like what? where did the time go and and so it's just so interesting how that all plays a part, I think, in our minds and and how time is so fickle that way, you know, of, of being something that is that is so long, but then also so short and and how how long it seems like it takes to get to certain points in our lives. I still remember just waiting to get my driver's license, you know, just when am I going to hit that 16 and I end up getting my license at 18 because we were over in Russia when I was 16, but, but he's just waiting until you got that freedom. You feel like, you know, and then it's like, all right, now I can work for myself and get a job. And it's like, I can right, go places. I can go places and I can start looking for a wife, you know, and get, get, wait till that day when you get a wife and then a family. And it's just like house, car, just so many events. And, seems like those are never going to come. And then as soon as one is achieved, there's another one that you're looking towards, you know, and, and just how it feels like it, those take so long, but then you stop and look back and it's just like, it's already here. Wow. Where, where did time go? You know, not to mention you're probably only, you, you are probably only the maybe fourth or fifth generation to have that experience of getting a driver's license. (laughs) That's something to think about as well. Like that hasn't, that's only been around for, 110 years what is a good driver we don't even know yet we've just figured it out like we don't have much of a reference on that and then you see how cars have progressed and technology in that short time frame and yeah come you think about it too long it'll blow your mind oh it does but i thought about that too my great grandma before she passed away i thought she lived on this earth in a time when there was no cars Mm -hmm. no cars no roads for cars, none of that. And we see it all today. And it's hard to believe that there was ever a time like that. It's hard to believe like they all rode around on horses, horseback mostly. And that's where the people that, you know, had some money usually. I mean, most people walked, you know, most would have a wagon. Usually you had one, one horse per family and families lived all together kind of in the same area. But man, and just how, how easily it was to die at that time too you know yeah if you were poor you had oxen yep and then you probably had dysentery too and you were going to die anyway yep it's coming and (laughs) and you had no idea because we didn't even know what that was back then yeah most of the time (laughs) so it's just it could have been voodoo you know witches who knows yeah exactly had no idea and so just that yeah but that that's something that that is interesting too because i would say there's just multiple 
phases that everybody kind of goes through in life as well. Uh, you got kind of that childhood phase, you know, to where responsibility, you don't grasp responsibility at that age. I mean, no matter how much you teach an eight-year-old responsibility, I, I was talking to my son today and he like hit a rock or something and hit the church building. And I was like, son, you know what could have happened? You could have hit a car. You could have hit a, a church window with that, you know, all these things. And I'm trying to yeah, person. I mean, eyeball. I mean, I, we can come up with a lot of bad things that could have happened. And in his mind, it was just, what's the big deal? All I did was hit a rock. You know, all I did was hit this rock and it hit, hit, hit a wood building. And so it wasn't, you know, and so trying to walk him down that. And so instead of explaining it, I'm like, what would happen if, what would you have done if this happened? Ooh, I don't know. What would you have done if this happened? If this happened? If this happened? And all of a sudden you start to see the light kind of come on a little bit. But he's eight. And so next time he sees a rock, probably going to pick it up. <laughs> probably going to play with it. You know, that responsibility is fleeting. You know, I'm not smart enough to say if, if that's a brain development thing. No. If that's just a trial and like a volume of experiences like where that that responsibility comes from or that sense of responsibility comes from that you acquired hopefully within the first 20 years of your life yeah. like you got that somewhat down yeah you know and is that just a product of of physical development or is that a product of volume because you do see some kids th- th- this this varies sure right and but again is it just the variability and volume of those experiences. Sure. I mean, can you take any kid and give them enough volume of experience to experience the consequences uh, of actions or responsibility? Well, and sometimes it's, it's even, are they responsible? Because a kid that is taught right and trained right will act right. And so they'll look very responsible yeah. But put in a pressure situation where something bad happens, all of a sudden you see them crack and break down. And it seemed like they were so well prepared for this, but be, it was just because they had learned to respect authority that told them don't do these things. And so you develop that, okay, they understand they don't need to do these things, and this is why. But that and this is why kind of had a disconnect a lot of times. And so then these, a kid breaks their arm on the playground and they just freeze and have no idea what to do. And, and it scares them. And, and, and that all of a sudden they, they realize then, Oh, this is why we don't do that. You know, before they weren't climbing on the roofs, they weren't (laughs) being crazy kids because of respect for authority, but their responsibility still hadn't connected yet until they saw a result of somebody not doing that and something bad happened. That's, what I'm talking about with the volume of experiences thing. Yeah. Like, do you have to have a certain number of experiences to develop this? Sure. The wild card being, uh, this is a little out there. (laughs) The wild card being the amount of dreams that you've had. Mm. Because some, some research, nobody really knows what dreams are for. Right. Generally speaking. Um, But one idea is that, it's like a simulation that your mind will run to kind of stress test your mental system of like, okay, if this happened, what would you do? Mm. And you, if you run through these iterations, 
and you have enough of these dreams, you develop a subconscious response to certain situations. Or at least to stress, yeah. Or at least, yeah, to generalize stress of, okay, if, if this happens, this is how I would respond. Because I've played this similar scenario out in my subconscious mind. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, because I think it's kind of opposite what we think. Like, um, a lot of the times we think the most scared kids mm-hmm. are, like, the the youngest, the kind of the weakest, and and they're kind of the ones that, you know, we don't want to put a lot of burdens on because, like, oh, they can't handle it. But in reality, most of the time, those are the kids that are starting to understand and they're scared of the responsibility because of what could possibly happen. They have more of an understanding of consequences and how things can go wrong. Yep. And, yeah. and, and fear of fear of, yeah, the pain or the, you know, and, and so like you, you get kids that, oh, they can watch all the scary movies in the world. Doesn't bother them. They don't care or anything about it. But then you get kids that are, they're like scared after watching one movie and they're terrified and you sit there and they're like, oh, you know, it's a weak, either weak-minded kid or that. No, no, it's they're really connecting those things and saying, "What would I do if I was in that situation?" And, and their mind is playing that, and they can't can't get it out of their head because they don't know what they would do. And so it's almost like something that they're they're more advanced than the ones that are like, "Eh, it was just a movie," and walks on. You know, and yeah. and it's interesting how that that works that way. That is interesting. So as far as how how we pass through time mm-hmm. throughout our life. And you think of, you know, when you're a kid, everything seems to take forever. Yes. Right. And people used to commonly say that that was a result of um, the, like a ratio of, okay, if you're only eight years old, one day is this portion of your overall experienced life. Yeah. There's a lot of people that refute that theory now mm-hmm. uh, as far as and it the counter argument or the, the the juxtaposition to that seems to be if my memory serves me correctly is your brain remembers novelty and will slow your your sense of the passage of time for lack of a better term down as you experience new information. So when you're a kid, everything's novel. Everything's new. Yep. Right. You're learning things every day. You're learning things in school. You're having experiences that you've never had before, like way more often than somebody who's an adult. So those portions of time in our lives, our brain, when our brain has to process so much more information uh, that's important to our memory, a, a, we recall them to take longer, mm. right? So, like when you go, I'm trying to think of an example as an adult that would be somewhat applicable for time taking a long time for for you know for a novel experience as an adult that kind of imprints. Okay, like when you're. When you first get married. Yeah, I was going to say wedding day. Yeah. yeah. Wedding day, but like the first year of marriage. Yeah. Like everyone remembers that. 
first off. So it's imprinted heavily on the memory. And it seems if you can remember back to that, you think back to that time, that years seem to be like a long time because everything's new. Yeah. Like your life, it's one of those big changes in your life. You're, you're with somebody now. You're trying to figure each other out. You're trying to um, build a household. Maybe you have, you know, combining everything and like all of the growing pains that go and joys that go into that first year of marriage. So many new things. Sure. And it's like, that's a long year. And then five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve 12 years down the road, man, a year can go by like that. Yeah, I was just going to say, what about the second year? Yeah. We remember the first place we lived to get together. Well, what about the second place you lived together? You know, like mm-hmm. those, those, those first seem so much more important. But yeah, like I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking, what, what, what was my second year of marriage like? <laughs> what was my third year of marriage like? Okay, right. where... Maybe the five year you have like a special anniversary that you do, you know, and you'll go on a trip. And so, yeah, you, but that's just a, you know, a one week or yeah, whatever exactly. of the year. But sometimes that'll jog the memory to remember that year a little bit better. Sure. But, but yeah, like you said, if there's not something very eventful that happens in those years, you can, yeah, it just blends together. So that's the more modern approach to that versus the segmented time. Like time passes faster as you get older because your frame of reference is bigger. But if you, like when you retire and you change up your life again and maybe you go travel um, for a year or you do something like that, boom, you're back to the novel thing. And now time slows down, you know, to your mind. And so you don't lose that ability. And I think that's a great, reason to have try to pack as many novel experiences into your life as possible otherwise it's just going to seem like it flies by and we've all experienced those years this is like i just went to work and i came home and i did my normal and it's years gone yeah whoa yeah well that was fast and we just get caught up because when you are in a routine your your brain knows it's such a predictive mechanism it knows what you're going to do it 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 loves a routine because it's efficient on so many levels, but it's not new. So what you don't remember it, therefore you don't perceive it as real. You don't perceive that passage of time in the same way. Yeah. It was like this week I was driving the bus and for the first time I missed my turn and I'm going to remember that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times I went the right turns and went down the right and did the right thing. Don't even remember those, nope. but I will always remember that one because it's the first time I ever missed a turn and I had to find a way to turn around this huge bus and all that stuff. And, and yeah, it's interesting how that I think applies there. And yeah, so I would, I would lean more towards that to agree with that. And, and it's almost, you know, it's interesting because biblically that's kind of how things happened is it was event oriented. You know, you saw, you would see like, Hundreds of years go by, and if you aren't studying and paying attention, you won't realize that's happened, and you'll all of a sudden a new thing will happen like this, and and you'll miss how special it was because here God doesn't talk to His people for two hundred years, and then all of a sudden comes a prophet, and and we can't fathom like what that's like. Like you're used to hearing from God through a prophet, 
And then all of a sudden, there's nothing for 200 years, almost the lifespan of America, <laughs> the yeah. lifespan of America. There's no message from God whatsoever. And it's almost like people are like, does God even exist? You know, because they go through multiple of those generations and it's just silence, you know, and it's just like, wow, that's that makes those little little time capsules and, and those passages so much more powerful, like would I be faithful during that time? You see how unfaithful they people got during those time periods. Like, well, there's a reason for that, you know. And how many events took place in that period of time that were not recorded? Yeah. You know, like what crazy stuff happened? Something crazy had to have happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I've thought about that before too. Like we're always quick to think about those people that may, are in the Bible, but what about people that didn't make it in the Bible? You right. know, how many hundreds of thousands of people, especially those who were right there, <laughs> they almost made it, you know, some of those people that are mentioned, but there's no name. And it's like, you were close, buddy. You almost made it. But you made it in, but your name's not in there. Man. And so, yeah, it goes to kind of what this episode, I, I think the motivation be- behind this episode is, is how can we make our time effective? How can we make our time that we have here worth living? And those are two different things. They are. Because effective slash efficient. It's like, okay, how can I get the most things done? Yeah. How can I, how can I accomplish the most work? And when I say work, I just mean action, not like necessarily just your, your work that you do for money. I mean, just anything you do productive as work how can i grow the efficiency to where i can get more done in the same amount or a smaller amount of time but then the other one was meaningful yeah. as more of an overall life perspective of how can i make my time on time here on earth more meaningful to me more more enjoyable more satisfying and just Longer. I mean, who doesn't want to live longer? Sure. If you could take a pill that slowed your time down, your sense of time down, would you take it? Oh, that's interesting. It it reminds me of, and probably people aren't going to be surprised at this, but I really like the movie Inception. That's a that's a <laughs> yeah twisty. It is, twisty and it's one. a deep one, and but. The interesting thing about that is, is in the movie, if you're if you're not careful, you'll miss it. But he talks about in there how he, when you go into the dream world, time slows down, right? And so then if you go a dream within a dream, it slows down even more. Within a dream, within a dream, slows down. And so in the movie, the the idea was is that all these old people that are about to die, what they're doing is is they're coming to these dream places and they're going to sleep and going dreams within dreams to, to just have more time because they know soon they're going to die. And he talked about how he and his, you know, love interest that he loves. That's kind of the, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a whole nother arc there with him and his love that he had with her. And, um, but they had lived multiple lifetimes together because they kept going deeper and deeper. And so fathoming 
trying to understand how much time they truly spent together in all of that and just uh how that just just trying to wrap your mind around you know the amount of time that they were there together i mean that goes back to just trying to wrap your mind around our concept of time yeah versus a dream versus there are there are actually um substances you can take Mm. that will do that will have an effect many substances will have an effect uh, to varying degrees on your perception of time time dilation is what it's called where you're you you you're the actual time versus your your mental tracking of time shift like wildly Mm. um a lot of like amphetamines my understanding is what they will jack your perception faster and then there's other ones that will jack your perception the other way to where it will slow everything down. And I remember listening to a story of one guy that took, I don't even remember, it, uh, some type of psychedelic drug or not, nothing common is this sure. weird one. But anyway, he takes this five minutes, real passing of time. And much like a dream, he goes into this state for what he perceives as six months, meets a girl, falls in love, like lives like a whole, like a life. Mm. Just in his mind. Just in his mind. Mm. And wakes up five minutes later. Like, gets a little slippery, you (laughs) know, like your perception of reality and something like that gets a little slippery. But then you can also see where when you, put it into con- terms of like the, the, the after death, mm. you know, and the, the, the whole concept of eternity after death is just really that, that perceived time element that we all abide by just going away. Yeah. Just removed. And then it doesn't matter anymore. And it, you don't need that that reference point. There's not that pressure. Yeah. That you, there's the end's coming, so you better get these things done, do something, get out there and be somebody. You know, yeah, there's Cuz if there's no end, yeah. There's no need for time. Yeah. If there's no death, there's no need for time. So you know, the Christian perspective in heaven there won't be any time. Because it's it's doesn't need to exist, and any anything else. If you if we think of time as really just how long till death, mm-hmm. after death, you're just it's kind of hard to grasp onto. It's like let's try to grab onto a wet noodle, you know. But yeah, it, it's interesting because I think some like writers have have kind of. Um, kind of concentrated kind of on this understanding of removing age, you know, and, and, and that time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I know like J.R.R. Tolkien in like his Lord of the Rings, the elves don't die from age. Yeah. They just, they keep living. They, they can die from other ways, but they're, they're not immortal, but they can, they don't ever die from old age. And so their, their view on, the human race and on like even dwarves and things like that 
is we're so much better because we're so much more cultured. We're so much more mature and we've, we've been here so much longer and I've lived seven, seven of your lifespans already, you know, and, and just like trying to understand that concept is, is interesting because, you know, that's, that's where a lot of people are wondering if technology will take people. And, you know, from a Christian perspective, I probably don't think I, I, I don't, I can't agree with this, but their idea is, is eventually will we be able to download our mind into a machine that can be repaired and ultimately cheat death that way, you know, and live longer and longer and maybe not even cheat it, but just increase our lifespan so much more or, or having, things and, and this is a different concept but yeah I'm, but but just the idea of is that even these people that are so smart so rich so powerful they also have that pressure of the end is coming how can i make my end go farther away from me <laughs> instead of i it's at a stopping point and i'm heading towards it and it's it's actually almost like it's over a hill it's like you're going up this hill and eventually you're going to hit the wall, but you can't see it. So you don't know exactly when it is, but you're going there. And at any moment, it's just going to happen. And, and that fear drives, I think a lot of things we've talked about, like innovation and, and people doing things, because I mean, if, if there was no time, there was no death, there was no, none of these things. I mean, I think people would just get used to just doing nothing for a lot of the time and just would that be better oh i mean i i think naturally yes yeah you'd think right i mean if for a thought experiment if there was no on earth here there was no age if there was no time there was no death Mm -hmm. we wouldn't need time yeah we wouldn't need age because no one would age. So how would people live their life differently without those constraints? On average, how do you think people would live their life differently? I think they would search for new things. You think so? Yeah, I really do. Because... Ultimately, I think they would be searching for that feeling they haven't felt before. They would search for that experience they haven't felt before because it's like a vacation. You know, we work so hard to get to that vacation. We get to the vacation and the first couple days, it's like, this is awesome. By the fourth or fifth day, we're kind of like, all right. And then towards the end, we're like, I'm kind of ready to go back to work, you know, because sitting around doing nothing all the time. And and usually we plan our vacations to a resort. Let's just say staycation at home, you know, something like that. You sat on the couch, didn't have to go to work. You just sat around basically the whole vacation. I mean, you're ready to go back to work because, I mean. Because you need to go back to work so you can pay your bills (laughs) so you can keep living. You can trace all these things back to death. Yeah, you can. So if there was no death. Why do anything? Oh, man. And and also, but it almost comes to, the, to that scary thought, too, of, of is anything I'm doing really matter? 
because man, I'm going through so much just just to live. Well, what if living and 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 you almost have to add to that to where everything was provided for you too. Because uh if there was still needs like food, hunger, clothing, we would go out and be producing those things, which then creates jobs, which then creates the same kind of cycle somewhat because there's needs. But if everything's provided for you, how would we, how would we spend our time? And I, and I, again, I think it would be a lot of what people are doing in retirement because ultimately that's kind of what they do. They, the barriers are removed of, financial obligation and all those things they've secured themselves enough to where they don't have to work any longer all those time restraints so to speak are removed to where they can do whatever they want and some people it's crazy but they don't live long after retirement because they need that purpose they need that work they need that job to keep them going and pushing towards something and it's yeah would I take the pill to slow time down? Mm. That's an interesting one. I don't think I would. Really? So? No. I think I think if it was only for like a couple hours, I would probably, if, as long as obviously it was healthy and didn't have any side effects and stuff like that. But, but like, yeah, I don't know. And there's been movies created about that too, sure. of having like a fast forward button or a or a pause button, you know, and things like that. But man, I think part of what makes things good or pleasurable or eventful, ex- exciting, yeah, is the delta between our other experiences. And I think if you had a pause button and you could just pause it on the happiest moments of your life, I don't think they would in turn be the happiest moments of your life. Or if you could experience the happiest day of your life every day, it would cease to be the happiest day of your life. Yeah. Because you don't have the, the difference, the comparison reference of, I've oh, I've been in some dark places or I've been in, you know, bad times. It's like if you don't have the bad times, how can you enjoy the good times? Because if every day is a good time, that's just every day. That there's no it's not great. It's just normal. Yeah, if every every day's the same, that's also your worst day. Yeah. You know, and that that comes somewhat back to perspective and 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 really brings us down to and we we kind of t- talked about this as time management and things, but the concept of time here. Um, so what do we do? How do we? We don't just want to talk about this. We try to give a little, yeah, you know, a a push and a exhortation to people, I guess, of towards the end. I so think what it, do we do. It still comes down to you have to define what you want. Right, because if everyone has time, you can't have money without first having time that you give up in exchange for the money to varying degrees. 
So how do you spend the time all comes down to what do you want out of your life? You know, if you want quality relationships and you don't devote any time to them, you're probably not going to have them. You know, it's like, what are you going to invest, invest your time in? You take, you have a certain amount of time. Time is the most interesting commodity because we're all given the same amount every day. And you see a lot of Facebook posts on this, you know, and it's kind of cheese ball. But, I mean, it's true. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Donald Trump have the exact same amount of time each day that you and I do. And they have to make the same allocation of, obviously, maybe not in the same places, but they have to make an allocation of, okay, Who am I going to spend my time with? What am I going to spend my time doing? And they have the same uncertainty of, I don't know if I'll have any tomorrow. That's the one we don't like to think about. Yeah. Because we do all have the same time every day, but we don't have the same time. Some, some, People, their life's cut short, and you don't know what's next, you know. And that's, you know, the Bible talks about that, too. Don't, it's like, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Uh, focus on today, and make sure you're doing what you think you should be doing today, and and seek that, look for that, and live in the moment doesn't mean don't plan for tomorrow. doesn't mean quit your job today because you know, tomorrow night never come. No, it's not. Tomorrow will take care of itself, it is. man. It will. It will. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just sing kumbaya. Yeah, right? It's just chill. No, no plan and, and expect for tomorrow to come. But, but don't let worry control your today yeah. because cause that can happen. It happens in a lot of people's lives is the future scares them so much that they can't even live today. And and that's a rough place to be. The really mind twister is that the future doesn't exist. Mm. Has not existed, does not currently exist. It, it is the future, every moment from here on out speculation. is unknown. It's speculation. Complete speculation. Yep. It's nothing but speculation. There is no surety in the future. It, it literally does not exist yeah. and has never existed. And you can't do anything about it. You can prepare or for try to. certain yeah. things that may happen or that have a higher likelihood of happening. But it doesn't exist yet. So that's all you can do is just prepare. You prepare for rain. You prepare for snow. You prepare for natural disasters. You prepare for good things. You prepare for death, maybe. Yeah. And, and I think that was the key, like you're saying, is see your time as a commodity. See your time as something that's valuable. Because it's like, I remember when those free-to-play games came out on phones free to play 
doesn't cost you anything. Those things are the biggest time sinks that you'll ever see. They cost you so much more than those games that you buy, play for, you know, 10 hours, and then you're done with it because you beat the game. Because these ones keep going. And they're created to keep your attention. And so that you won't put the game down. And how much time will those suck just right from us? And, and so value your time and make sure that you limit your time on entertainment. Limit your time on, you know, these things that in the moment it's like, this is all I want to do. It's like, yeah, but tomorrow you're just going to be like, I don't even remember what I did. Like, think about, about uh, your favorite show you've seen. What what happened in episode four? I don't what, know. What, what happened in episode <laughs> six? Sometimes we'll, re- we'll remember the beginning of it. We'll remember the cliffhanger at the end of the season a lot of the times, but it's just wasted time in the middle, mostly. You know, and and so, like, think about where you're spending your time and, and are you investing your time, like you said, into something that's worth investing in? I think there's still a place for certain things, though. Yeah. So we talked about living. Each, if if you come with the you know Instagram or live each day to the fullest, mm. kind of, which isn't a bad thought. It's not a bad concept. Live each day, maximizing, you know, fulfillment, overall fulfillment and satisfaction, and and in things that are healthy. And, and things like entertainment can play a part in that and overall life satisfaction. But they're not the make or break. Yeah. You know, they're not the thing you you lay in your deathbed and go, oh, man, wish I would wish I would have watched more Netflix, you know, <laughs> wish I would have watched that last season. Yeah. But there are certain entertainment things that when you couple of them with friends and novelty like we talked about earlier that you do kind of you can end up with that like i've heard of specifically i've heard of people reminisce about you can learn a lot from old people Mm -hmm. because like i'm more experienced than you with this thing called life and you hear them reminisce about concerts that they went to 40 50 years ago and how much fun they had. But they were usually with they were usually with friends, you know, and it was a just like, wow, I'm at this cup seeing these people. It you know, it involved people. It wasn't just, oh, I listened to an album, you know, a vinyl record back then. I, I you know, I I just remember sitting in my room listening to this vinyl record. Maybe you'll have that. But that's not the novel kind of like we went to a concert together. Yeah, you know, and making that distinction between okay, I can, I I want to enter, I want to be entertained today. Let's any given Saturday, let's say I can choose to sit at home and watch TV, which you know that day is going to give me X amount of of satisfaction, or I can entertain myself by going with some people to a new place. Maybe listening to a con- listening to live music. Maybe watching a movie at the movie theater. Football uh, game. Watching a football game live. I mean, these kind of inter. There's a distinction there somewhere 
between the entertainment that sticks and the entertainment that just it just floats away it doesn't doesn't stick in your mind you know there's nothing that really comes of it you have any thoughts on that oh yeah i i still remember my first ducks game i went to you know i was yeah. thinking about that when you're talking about that like things we go to with people that are that are so memorable it's like i've been to a lot of ducks games now and i don't i don't remember all of them that well but that first one it sticks out you know and you know if if you ever go to a special game you know that might stick out but but even so like the memories you make and the friendships you build a lot of the times to those to and from those places are is pretty special as well you know and and i agree with you you know it's it's learning to see time as as something that it's almost like a glass that's pouring out each and every day yeah and you ha- you can direct it in certain areas but you better you better pay attention and you know direct it the right places because whether or not you do anything it's going to pour out and it's going to end that day and so that's a great analogy yeah where did you where did you direct it where did you use it you know i can picture a guy standing there with a running faucet trying to fill different glasses and yeah. you're like okay here's the entertainment glass yeah. and here's the work money glass yep. and here's the relationship i'm just trying to divert it around and then one day stops yeah it's done and all you're left with are your glasses maybe one has a lot of water maybe one you just let it run down the sink you know that's yeah. all that wasted time yeah it's like whoo yeah and then you can see too how empty those some glasses are and you're like but that was so important to me. It's like, well, no, it wasn't. You thought it was. You thought you were doing everything to make that important. But ultimately, look how empty that is compared to this glass, you know. And and so take care of your time, people. Use yeah. it because it's a valuable thing. Enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's about it, man. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. See you next time. Thanks for listening.